Welcome back to What Stories Say with Seth and Seth. I'm Seth. I am Seth. I am Jessica. And this is William. <laughs> you can't see him, but you might hear him. He is uh, Jessica and I's uh, grandbaby and Seth's nephew. Mm-hmm. He's been in a couple of the other full episodes, at least. Yes, yeah. so you might hear him. He 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 joins us from time to time. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking about Tangled, and we're going to go ahead and just get started and let Jessica is going to tell us, kind of give us a little background, and, and Seth can join her, because I know that he's been looking at some of that stuff, and then we'll go from there. So Tangled is based on the fairy tale Rapunzel. Rapunzel Mm -hmm. is most famous to us in the version from the Brothers Grimm. So it's a German fairy tale. I think it's a pretty familiar story. Mm -hmm. The girl is traded to the witch as a baby. Traded is the wrong way of saying it. Maybe I'm going to start over. Stolen. (laughs) Okay. All right, so what we've got in Rapunzel is we've got a young girl who's raised locked in a tower. She's mm-hmm. raised by a wicked witch rather than by her parents, and um, she has really long hair. And the witch gets to her in the tower by means of climbing her hair. A prince overhears and comes to visit her. They uh, are involved romantically. When the witch finds out, she sends... Rapunzel away and she is eventually and cuts her hair and she's eventually reunited with the prince. There's a lot more details in that, but that's the basic story. So how much of that original story comes across in the movie Tangled? The witch and the long hair and the tower. That's about it. Well, so there are (laughs) some things that are thematically connected to the original story throughout, even if it doesn't tell it exactly there are there are elements that are uh similar um the uh one thing that comes to my mind is like a similarity that's not quite the original story but feels like it's taking inspiration from it is the scene near the end of the movie where uh mother gothel the witch um tricks uh the the main hero here, Flynn Rider, who is not a prince, uh, but he is, he does climb up into Rapunzel's tower, uh, into coming up and, and, uh, she stabs him, and it's, it's not the same as the original story, but it feels like there's a, a little bit of a connection to the, the Grimm Brothers version of the story in which the, when the witch finds out about the prince, she uh, blinds him. Yes. And at the end of the Grimm's Brothers story, Rapunzel heals the prince's blinded eyes by crying into them and her yes. tears heal him, which they did keep that element as well. And I've always sort of wondered if the magic in the Disney Tangled, all the magic with her hair, didn't come from the fact that the story in the story she has these just unexplicably magic healing tears at the end of the story. And if they weren't like, hey, uh, what? She's magic? Like, she can heal people? Where did that come from? And they just expand on the magic healing element that's almost a throwaway bit at the end of yeah. the... I mean, if anything in a fairy tale is a throwaway bit, I shouldn't say that. It's all very symbolically resonant. But it's not something that's at all explained or addressed earlier in the fairy tale. 
It just kind of happens. And while fairy tales have lots of different um, levels of interpretation, they can mean different things to different people at different times. Uh, Rapunzel does seem to have messages about um, growing up and trying to protect children's innocence and how that is counterproductive as opposed to letting Mm -hmm. them go out and experience the real world and grow up into maturity. Um, There's definitely that feeling of the idea of being locked in a tower in order to protect you, keep her away from men, and yet a man finds her anyway. In the Grimm's Brothers fairy tale, she becomes pregnant, and that's how the witch discovers that she's had the prince visiting her. So um, different ways that it's written suggest whether or not Rapunzel and the prince consider themselves married or not, but you know that's neither here nor there for the purpose of the story. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a feeling of sexual maturity and adulthood and mm-hmm. loss of innocence. Right. Um, that comes into it and the pull between parents or in this case a false parent because the witch acts as a foster mother trying to keep their children from growing up trying to keep Mm -hmm. them from experiencing life uh so the interestingly the story of tangled was originally going to be much more different from the fairy tale um, than it ended up being. Uh, so the, the movie was originally proposed or pitched by uh, veteran Disney animator Glenn Keane uh, in 2001. And uh, so he wanted to tell to do a Rapunzel story, and the executives at the company at the time said that they would only do it if they did a very modern version of the story so Mm -hmm. uh, they pushed for making it 3d animation since that was becoming a big thing at the time uh doing a story that featured modern uh characters in potentially a more modern setting with sort of humorous subversions of the fairy tale So, so what movie what movie was made in 2001 uh, I don't know what Disney movies at, were actually coming out in those in like 2001, 2002, 2003. I don't remember exactly. I do know that um, that the uh, original story that they were going to tell was described uh, by some of the creators as being kind of a Shrek-like fairy tale. So it would have been much less genuine. Uh, much less like trying to to just tell a story that was true to the original ideas behind the fairy tale. And Glen Keane very much believed in that idea of doing a a really traditional Disney style fairy tale with this. Uh, and so later on, uh, basically due to to various complications with the project. Uh, it got shelved and very briefly and then brought back when John Lasseter took control of the company, uh, being developed more in the direction of the version of the movie that we have. But the, the original version was very, very different. That makes sense, because Shrek was really the big thing in 2001. So, so this one is, to me, it, it reminiscent of the um, Little Mermaid. 
where she's trying to break uh-huh. out of the cultural confines of her family and even of her of her people, and she's going to a new. She's want to to see a new world, a sure, different yeah. world, and Rapunzel is the same way. She's in she's that, in yeah. this really confined world, and she wants to break free. So, in in the Little Mermaid, her father is maybe a little bit harsh, but he's not abusive. He's maybe a little bit harsh, but he's not abusive. In this story, Mother Gothel is about as abusive as as you will ever see. It's interesting in... that you're bringing up the parallel because I wasn't thinking of it ahead of time, but now that you're bringing it up, in both cases, the characters are being overprotected. There's the father in The Little Mermaid is saying, don't go to the surface. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. P- humans are dangerous. This will hurt you. This will, um, you know. And, Vilifying... Yeah the people that she wants to engage with. Yeah. Yeah, so there actually is, except, I mean, there's a difference of the abuse versus non-abuse, but there is a very similar trajectory for the characters. They're overprotected for very different reasons, but it's still, like, still very true. But it's just, when when we're saying it's a coming-of-age story, I guess what I'm getting at here is that I think it's easy to look at this story and as a coming of age story, and then say she is a bad daughter because she's not obeying her mom. That's what she says to herself. I know. In the scene where she first and, gets out. Yeah. Of and a lot of people will have have said that. A lot of parents have been upset with this movie for that same reason. And what I'm saying is that it's not even her real mom. <laughs> it's not not only, not is not her real mom. She's abusive. Yeah. You want to get out of an abusive it's, relationship. It's a situation where how. She needs if it to was, leave. if this was her real mom, it wouldn't be any different. No. She would still need to get out of that relationship just as much. If Mother Gothel was not manipulating her and putting her down and using her for her healing powers, she would still be wrong to lock her up in a tower and not ever let her go anywhere. Yeah. And, at yeah, some, it's still point, and at some point, Rapunzel would need to. Break, break free, free from, from the that tower. abuse. Yeah. So, so, so the thing is, this is a coming of age story, but it's more than that, because this is a story of overcoming a lifelong, uh, not just abuse, but like a lifelong being held down. And this is somebody. It's kind a of, breaking free story. It is. It's a breaking free story. She's breaking free from the abuses. Of Mother Gothel and of the and of the confinement that she has been in for this long time. So even if you don't want to take the abuse side of it, you just want to say some people are confined and they need to break out of that confinement to to liberate themselves. It's a it's a really good story for that to show the importance of that kind of liberation. One of the things I really like about Tangled. Um, is what they've done with the character of Rapunzel. And I really like how they've made her naive and innocent. And then she has to break free. But instead of her naivete and her innocence becoming something that holds her back, something that has burdened her from her past, she's able to use that to succeed in all of the things she needs to succeed in her life. What she brings with her from her youth and inexperience from her time in the tower actually all ends up being helpful to her from I think her that's especially of the people I say that's especially evident in the in the in the duckling whatever the 
duckling, fuzzy duckling, fluffy duckling. I don't remember the name of the whatever that place is. And and Flynn Rider thinking, oh, I've got it. I'm going to scare her to death by bringing her into this place. But she has she has no context to be afraid of these people. Her context is not. These people are frightening. Now, she was afraid of Flynn at first because of her context for Mother Gothel. But when she finds that Flynn is not the danger that Mother Gothel had had presented to her, all then of a sudden, she has, then she's not afraid of anybody. It's like, oh, I, people aren't as bad as, as, as my mother told me they were. And she's able then to, to interact with a lot. It kind of reminds me of a, a, a session once that I had when I was in graduate school, a young girl who came in, she was about 16 years old mm-hmm. and she had spiked hair, like way high, like two foot high spikes, like really spiked hair that was red and blue alternated each spike. And she had a chain leather jacket or leather jacket with chains and spikes. And she had, uh, Ear, ear, lots of earrings and nose rings and a, and a belly button ring where she had her shirt cut out and then she had a chain that went from the belly button ring to the nose ring from the nose ring to the earring and just looked scary. And I remember because my, my professor, he asked, he was asking, I, was, I had a full docket of clients and so I didn't have any room but he was asking other people and they all, everybody was like, I'm not going to a room with her, I'm not going to a room with her. And finally he asked me, he said, would you, would you be willing to work with her? He said, I know you're full but would you take one more? And I, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll work with her. And when she came in, just the sweetest little girl, she came in and she was, and the first thing she asked me was, do you use the Bible? I don't want to work with somebody who doesn't use the Bible. And, and she was just a sweet young girl. She was confused. She was, uh, she, you know, but, but the thing is, is all of us, our context was this person is scared just from looking at her. And, but you didn't find her scary? Well, no, I don't find very many people scary. No, I didn't find her scary. <laughs> I did think it was that she looked strange and bizarre, you know. And uh, she looked troubled. To you, but she maybe. looked troubled. But I, but I wasn't. I wasn't afraid of her. The other therapists were all afraid of her. I wasn't afraid of her. But when I got in the room with her, and I, and I really started talking with her, it was very evident that this. She was a very gentle very sweet young lady but so that's what i see she's she's coming into this place but she doesn't have the context that the rest of us would have yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to say is that they could have really said oh being naive and innocent and sweet that's a negative thing because that's what she has because of this upbringing so we need to make we need to change her we need to right. have her go through experiences that break that and she becomes you know a strong female character. They could have gone that route instead. Mm-hmm. And instead they chose to use those things as tools for her. And, yeah. and I really love that the way that... That really um, strengthened her character rather than make making that a weakness, they made it a strength. So would you say that this suggests that she is pretty resilient? You know, it's interesting because I was just thinking about that. I was thinking two... The two epi- the two instances that in the in the beginning of her liberation, right, <laughs> that shows her actual internal workings is when she first steps down out of the tower and puts oh, her foot I, in the I grass. I love that. And that That's whole probably my favorite song in the movie of her being, "I'm a terrible daughter," and "Woo, never going back in my tower," and I'm you know. Oh, so you mean the scene just following the song? <laughs> 
Yeah, so when she first steps her feet down, she sings this beautiful song about how, for the first time ever, I'm completely free. And then there's a montage. Right, it's, it's the that. montage that you see what's actually going on in her mind and right. in her heart and Where she her has context. that She has that... Um, discordance yes yes uh, and so that cognitive dissonance between uh really wanting to be free and to be able to go out and mm. see things and also feeling like she's making a terrible choice because she's betraying her mother and doing it right so what she's and, and what's going on here is i think there's a part of her that knows that what her mother has been doing to her is wrong is wrong and this desire to be free, but there's also that guilt that comes from being in an abusive relationship. And, and I think by the end of that montage, what you find is that she has overcome the guilt side of it and she's strong enough. So, so that shows real resilience yeah, where she, where she works through a whole process of internal is turmoil. Is it too fast for her to have overcome that? difficult mental state in one in like a montage scene. No, no, it's not too fast for her to get over that, but she still will have that trauma to deal with for, you know, for a long time. But for her to get past, I, in fact, I think about the, um, uh, about, oh, what, about four years ago, there was a family where they had all the kids, the, the parents had all the kids locked in the basement and they never let them out. And the 16-year-old oh, yeah. daughter, or maybe and she was 18. I think it was even a little longer ago than that. It might have been, but that. she escaped. And she went and got help and, and the parents got arrested and they freed all the kids. Mm -hmm. And um, she was in an interview a few months after that happened, talking with people. And, and she really was amazingly resilient young woman. And, and her being able to get out of that situation and helping her, her, her siblings out of that situation. And it's not that she's not going to still have trauma and still have to work through it. But, but recognizing that her parents were wrong she was able to get past that pretty quickly. And I think that's what Rapunzel was able to do. She was able to get past this idea that Mother Gothel was wrong to do what she did. Um, and then the second time that you really see her resilience is, is in the Cozy Duckling. Um, snuggly Duckling. That's snuggly. It. snuggly. Oh, in that the, is in it. In the Snuggly Duckling, when she comes in and Flynn Rider thinks that he's got her, or he's going to get her, scare her back to the tower and she'll give him his give him the crown and he'll go be rich and all the thugs look like they're about to attack and instead of being frightened and cowering away she kind of steps forward and is like have some compassion and yeah. mm -hmm. holds up her does she have the frying pan then? yeah okay so you've got, so, given a couple of really great examples of resilience in Rapunzel are we ready to talk a little bit about Flynn Rider? just a minute I have one more thing about Rapunzel we need to get into just quickly okay. and that is when she has to face Mother Gothel again you, we have to talk about that. You can't leave that out. So when Mother Gothel comes back and says... She shows up at the at the campfire and tries to uh, tell Rapunzel all the same things that she's been telling her before, that she's uh, weak and small and not able to handle this situation, and uh, that Flynn doesn't really like her, because how could he? And uh, then, how right. could he like her? Right. Anyone. But then Rapunzel stands up to her mm -hmm. for the for really for the first time ever. She mm -hmm. actually stands up to Mother Gothel and, and and says, "No, you're wrong." And and then of course Mother that's when Mother Gothel decides that she's going to do this elaborate thing to kind of force you know make to her make Rapunzel her to go back to make her believe that Flynn Rider has 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 abandoned her. But even then, 
even then, Rapunzel is not sold on it. And, and Mother Gothel basically has to kidnap her again and take her back and chain her up. And, yeah. You know, so... Well, I mean, she does... Okay. She does, after Mother Gothel tricks her into thinking that Flynn mm-hmm. Rider has abandoned her... She does hug Mother Gothel and ask to be taken home. Yes, she does. But, but then, then at the end, she has to be. But, but she's also clearly not happy in that situation. Like, she's she's very much, like, uh, not doing okay. And then when she does go back, the moment that she realizes, she, she recognizes what's really been happening this whole time. And she, she picks up on her own backstory, basically, and figures out that Gothel has been manipulating her, she immediately goes back to standing up to her. Right. That's that's what I mean, is she, she's very resilient. Even in a moment, she has a moment where she's where she, she hugs Mother Gothel and wants to go back, but it's a moment. She's so, very resilient. She comes back from that and, and, and makes the connections when she's back in the tower and mm-hmm. recognizes who she is and, and is able to continue to stand up to Mother so Gothel. So we're seeing that she shows resilience repetitively and over and over right and she shows it and she shows it intellectually and emotional both i think i think that uh rapunzel's very a very resilient young woman okay um now we can talk about flynn rider we're really impressed i guess flynn rider is is a hard one for me because to me he's uh aladdin (laughs) 2.0 oh he's okay hold on our opinions are going to differ on this. He's oh, so much on. better than Aladdin. Whoa, no, I actually kind of like him less than Aladdin. Oh, what? I think we need to talk about why it makes sense in a story like this to do. Now, we forgot. Seth has this real antipathy to rake characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's just set that out of the way. And to begin Flynn with. does start the movie out as a bad guy. I will he's absolutely agree with that. He's not just a bad he, guy. He's a he's horrible a guy. He's a bad guy. He's not just a thief, but he, he even, he's, you would, at least you could have some sense of, you know, okay, maybe he's a little bit loyal to his, um, to the other thieves, but he's not. He's not even loyal to that. No, okay. because that's it's just the, horrible. That's the, the growth that his character needs to have. The whole point is that he, he doesn't really believe in anyone but himself. All right, so I think Flynn Rider, um, the backstory that we are given of him is that he used to be an orphan named Eugene Fitzherbert. and Which is that, a wonderful name. I don't care what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and as an orphan, he imbibed all of these romantic story tales about romantic outlaw adventures, Robin mm-hmm. Hood-type characters. And... So when he left his oppressed beginning behind, he decided to reinvent himself as a new character. Basically as the character from the stories that he was telling the kids. Yeah, although the original character had more of a noble side, and he it's like he forgot to include that in. Yeah. He just saw the outlaw side, the highwayman, the pirate, the you know, that that character involved in that kind of life probably realistically makes it difficult to actually follow a a noble cause. Like, even if he started out from that perspective, if his whole thing is being a thief, it... 
I mean, if, if they say it in Aladdin, he's got to steal to eat. And I think that is a really good contrast to Rapunzel's character. So they both have this thing where they've had an oppressive, unloved childhood. And that they both have a breaking free. But where we've talked about how Rapunzel is embracing herself the way that she is and making that her true self. Flynn or Eugene thought that he had to reject his true self and be a new person in this new world. So he's he lacks the resilience that she has. She's yes. very resilient. He's not at all resilient. And no. He's not able to be himself in in the world and it seems to me that each each step of the way that he goes he 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 gets worse at his resilience. He but consistently he makes bad choices because it's easier. But he is, I think, consistently over the course of the story, peeling back thin layers at a time to uncover the original him who began as somebody who had noble ideas and wanted to do good things in the world and wanted to be a good person. I don't know that we've gotten all the way there by the end of the movie, but we're seeing those layers begin to peel off and it feels like we're watching a process beginning to unfold that's going to continue to take time. And he does end up having moments where he he makes choices that aren't just motivated by uh, selfish desires or by what's easiest to do. It's, it's not easy to take uh, Rapunzel all the way to the castle, and even if he doesn't want to do that at first, he does end up... Uh, actually caring about her journey and helping her with it by the end. Um, and it's certainly not easy to go and rescue her from the tower from the evil, abusive uh, mother. So there's there's one thing about these two that I think, uh, when we're talk- speaking about the relationship, that when I, when I first thought about the movie, I didn't recognize, but I think about it now, and I think, okay, there's one thing going for them that's good. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that is they're actually coming from the same socioeconomic background. She doesn't. She's not coming yeah. from the background of being a princess. No, she's coming from the background of being a slave, like being locked in the tower <laughs> in the her life. And he's coming from the background. She has of books. Being of being an orphan in an orphanage. And, and he also had books. So really, in, in, the, <laughs> in the end, they're coming from a similar socioeconomic background. The, you know, and, and so he's, I think he's going to struggle a lot with adjusting to being in a palace and living with wealth. Even though mm-hmm. that's his dream, is, you know, being surrounded by a whole piles and piles of money. She's going to adjust to that yes, much easier because he that's wants to her be... natural place. And she'll fit in naturally. He's not going to. It's going to be hard for him to fit into that space. Yeah, he wants to be surrounded by piles and piles of money, tanned and rested and alone on an island that he owns. He doesn't want to have to deal with all the responsibilities that come with being wealthy. Well, and and he's not really good with people. I think that's probably all he is. He's not a good people person. She is. And And so I do think while the socioeconomic... Issues are not going to be, you know, thing is not going to be an issue. I do think the sense, her sense of belonging, I think she's going to fit in. The people are going to love her 
They're going to want her around. They're going to love her as the princess. They're going to accept her. And she's going to accept her place. He's going to struggle with that. It's going to be super hard for him to be able to uh, be around a lot of people, be uh, to feel not, not that the people won't accept him. Mm-hmm. I think the people will. I think he is going to have a hard time uh, accepting himself in that position. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening so far. What you've just listened to is just a section of a full hour plus podcast that's available right now on our website. So if you want to hear the conclusion to our discussion of Rapunzel and Flynn's relationship, as well as get access to all of our other full podcast episodes and tons of other great content for uh, improving your life and processing your own experience through media, you can sign up as a patron member at atwaterhealing.com. Hope to see you there.